0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Glenn. This podcast is intended for adult audiences only. So let's, let's be responsible, adults everywhere. And if you get easily offended, this podcast is not for you. You should probably go watch Mr. Rogers or something. Okay, cool. Good talk. Bye. Hey, what is going on, everybody? This is Glenn, and welcome to the Glenn Think Stuff podcast. If you're new, thanks for checking the podcast out. If you OG, you know the drill. So I hit my ear on a wall today. I ran into the wall with my ear today, and it still hurts. So I'm kind of in a weird mood because my ear, I've not been punched in the ear or hit my ear in a long time, and I forgot how badly it hurt, right? So this is what happened. I reached into my pocket to pull out some change, and when I pulled out the change, I dropped one of the various coins that I had pulled out of my pocket, and it rolled over in front of the wall. It was a hard floor. It rolled over in front of the wall, and so I ran over there like a crazy person to retrieve my coin, and I guess when I got—it was right beside the wall, so when I got over there, when I went down— I, I somehow slammed the side of my head into the wall, right? Like like I forgot the wall was there for a minute and I slammed into it and it was a horrible pain. It was so bad that I immediately reached and touched my ear and then looked at my hand to make sure that I wasn't bleeding because that's how bad it hurt. I was like, man, I busted my ear wide open. It's probably just hanging there. And uh, it wasn't bleeding, thank God. But, I mean, I kept, I did it a few times. And I was talking to somebody and I kept reaching up and just holding my ear and then looking at my hand. And they hadn't seen what was happening, like what had happened because I just kind of played it off. Because you don't want to be the guy that you know, runs into the wall with his ear. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. So that happened. So that has me kind of in a weird mood, like a funky mood today. But it's all good. I wanted to record a podcast today, so here I am. And before I get into my podcast today, I was thinking about an experience that I had and uh Um, earlier this week. I didn't have the experience earlier this week, but I thought about earlier this week. So I thought that I would tell you about it. Right. And it's not that interesting of a story. It's like an intro story. You know what I'm saying? So I was seeing this lady a few months back and uh, we went to the Waffle House. Right. Because that's a requirement to date me. At least tolerate my love for the Waffle House because I love the Waffle House. It's it's fantastic. So we're sitting there eating, and I'm just trying to make conversation, you know, small talk, and uh, because I hadn't seen her very many times, and so I can't just be like, "Hey, guess what? I have a podcast where I talk about all kinds of gibberish." I have to, I have to come off as of kind of normal until I know that she would accept my crazy, which I never, we never, we never made it to that point. So so it's all good. But anyway, so we're sitting there and I'm just talking um, about some boring customer service uh, experience that I had just had, right? And uh, it was a very bad customer service uh, experience. And it was like a big purchase that I had made. And they were kind of pushy with with me when I had a problem with something and I just wanted some help with it, they were kind of pushy that that just kind of blowing me off in a like aggressive type way. Like I don't want to deal with it. And I was just like, well, that's not acceptable. You know, that's not acceptable. I paid for something, you know, you're going to help me out with it, you know, and usually I'm easy. I'm so easy to go along with. I really am. I'm not somebody that's always complaining or causing problems. But if I spend a lot of money and you offer, you know, you sell me this thing, then, you know, if something is not what it was, I don't know how to put it, advertised to be, then we're going to have issues and we need to talk about it. We just need to talk about it and figure out what we can do, right? So I was just saying, you know, I wasn't being like, man, it's... Woe is me. I'm a victim. I was just like, oh, let's let me tell you the stupid story, you know, because I can't talk about what I really want to talk about. Let me tell you the stupid story real quick. And, um, and she sat there and listened, you know, and I, I wasn't acting like a jerk or anything. I was just talking in my nor- in this voice right here. How can you hate this voice? How can you disagree with this voice? Well, she said that I needed to give the benefit of the doubt to the customer service person, right? And I just sat there and was like, oh, here we go, you know. She sided with them, right? She, she sided with them, and I was kind of shocked. And then she explained why I was wrong in what I was saying right And this is just from the few details that I gave her while I was waiting on my waffle right and who does that who does that you know like if if I'm dating you and you're like man customer service is rude I'll be like yeah sounds like it <laughs> you know what I mean like I would never I would never do that because it doesn't really matter It's just a Waffle House conversation, you know, and I would never say that to somebody that I dated. It's just kind of rude and jacked up. You know, if it doesn't affect you, what's the big deal? And I just found it odd, you know, and the whole time she was talking, I was just like, wow, all this sounds like something that somebody would say that I'd never date. (laughs) Uh, And needless to say... Yeah, that didn't pan out. Man, my ear is still bothering me, even now. And this happened hours and hours ago. Man, if you don't believe me, what you should do is if you're driving in your car and you're listening to my podcast, when you get to the next red light and you stop, just slap yourself as hard as you can in the ear. (laughs) And you'll you'll believe me then. I bet you will. No, don't do that. Even though it would give the person beside you a story to talk about for the rest of their lives. They would never forget that. Man, remember that time we saw that person slap their self in the ear at the red light? Yeah, don't do that. I don't condone violence, and I don't condone violence against yourself. So, yeah, just forget about that. But speaking about bloody ears, so it's cold and flu season, right? And... You just need to stay in is what you need to do. Don't go to the buffet. You just need to stay in and listen to podcasts, preferably my podcast, because every time that you go out, it is like playing Russian roulette with the flu, and it's just nothing to mess around with people. I'm not a germaphobe. I'm totally not a germaphobe, but every year around this time, I do get a little nervous because this is horrible. This stuff that goes around, this stuff is no joke, people. So be careful out there. I don't even know why I'm saying that. Like I'm your mom or something. Okay, let me get into what I want to talk about today. And what I want to talk about today is two new documentaries that I watched this past weekend. And they were on the Fire Festival. And before I go into this, I want to tell you that I decided to talk about this like as I was watching them. I said, this is great. This is great. I'm going to talk about this on my podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll edit that out. And one of my favorite comedy podcasts is called This Is My Show with Michelle Guild, right? With Michelle. And she did a podcast, she dropped a podcast earlier this week. Her latest podcast is hilarious. And she talks about the fire festivals too. You should listen to that podcast because she really does those documentaries justice where I will fall on my face. Today, like, I know that I'm going to fall way short of what she did because she was prepared to talk about them. And I'm just thinking about talking about them. I'm just thinking stuff and I'm going to tell you about it. But she did a great job. And she told a story on that podcast, actually, that out of any podcast that I listen to uh, this week, I laughed. Man, I laughed so hard at the story she told about when she was younger. But you need to go check her out. It's a really good pod. Anyway, so I watched these two documentaries about the Fire Festival and I didn't know what they were, but I saw on like in the news cycle that there were two new documentaries out. One was on Hulu and one was on Netflix. And so the one that I watched first was the Netflix one. And what it kind of is about is there was this guy named Billy McFarland, right? This dude named Billy McFarland and he was like the ultimate hustler like a fast talker right and so the one on on netflix kind of starts telling the story of of how he started his hustle he came out with some credit card that was like not really a credit card but it was linked to your actual credit cards that you have and it offered perks you had to pay like a administrative fee like 250 bucks a year to be in this this uh this club, this hip club, of the carrying this stupid card around everywhere, and um, and so that's how he kind of started hustling people, and all the perks that were promised when using the card, like a lot of them didn't work, and it was just kind of a, it was just kind of a hustle, is all it was. Well, he started, he got hooked up with Ja Rule, and if you haven't watched it yet, you should probably pause my podcast because I'm going to kind of go into what happened. If you haven't seen it yet, you might not want to listen to this because it's just so great to watch. It will make you feel good. It's just one of those feel-good documentaries. Both of them are. It'll make you feel good down in your soul. It's so fun. it's so funny. I don't think it's intended to be funny. A lot of people got ripped off, but it's funny. Anyway, so he hooked up with Ja Rule and they made this app they were well. They wanted to make this app the Fire app, and it was supposed to be about booking talent, like booking um, famous musical acts to perform. You can make them an offer, and they could they could like take the offer, or they could reject the offer. Like who would have the money to use this app anyway? Just a bunch of rich people. But so anyway, um, that was the original idea behind Fire. I think was the app. And then they decided that they were going to do this big musical festival down in the Bahamas, right? And so they went down there, and on Netflix, on the Netflix version, they're just kind of partying, you know, drinking a lot. And they brought all these supermodels down there, and they're like, you know, like, we're going to throw this huge musical festival You know, and it's going to be awesome. So they hired all these models to go down there and they made like a commercial, like a promo for it. Right. And and they were just partying, riding jet ski skis. It was one of Pablo Escobar's uh, islands that Pablo Escobar had owned. And um, and the people, I guess, that he was buying the island from. I forgot if he put down a down payment or what the deal was. Um, because he had investors that actually believed, you know, believed in him. Um, I forgot if he actually put a down payment down or what, but I know that they said you cannot use Pablo Escobar's name, you know, in promoting your musical fest, you know, whatever. And I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm just going to kind of give you the gist of what happened, and so what happened was he was down there and he made this promo and then it started, he got it onto social media. And I think that he even paid one of the Jenner, like maybe Kendall Jenner, he gave her like 250 grand to for one tweet to tweet about the fire festival to create hype, since there's a lot of people that listen to what she says, he he was like, yo, I'll give you 250 grand for a tweet, and so she yeah she totally done it. I'll do it if anyone's listening and wants to give me 250 grand, I'll do it for way cheaper than that. Just hit me up. But anyway, so this started to be like there, there started to be some hype around this thing because people were like, you know, this is going to be Coachella, the next Coachella or Burning Man. You know, it was like compared. And something that I didn't like about the documentary is it said it was kind of saying that I don't know if. Coachella I think it said one of those was like the uh, where music festivals became a thing and I was like no way like I went to Bonnaroo back in 2003 music festivals did not just become a thing they've been going on for years the hippies kind of started that you know anyway I just thought I was like who wrote this some millennial some stupid millennial wrote this But anyway, so they were planning to do this huge concert. Well, they used Pablo Escobar's name in the promo, in, like, the little commercial promo video, you know. And so the people that own the island were like, yo, you got to go. We told you you couldn't do it, and you did anyway. So they got kicked off the island. And um, so they went to another island in the Bahamas. And they started planning this big musical festival. Well, this guy was just in over his head. This guy, Billy McFarlane, all he is is a hustler. That's all he is. And he was trying to do this thing that was huge. And he was selling all of these tickets, right? He was selling, like, villas, like, luxury villas for, like, 20 grand for three nights and all this crazy stuff and he kept running out of money and he'd get more investors and he would keep adding perks like if you want this you know yacht ride or whatever it was he kept adding perks like he had put out these bracelets and was like yo everybody needs to add you know grand's like three or four grand onto your bracelet and there will be no money You know, during the festival. You'll just use your bracelet. And that was a total crock because they didn't have the technology even set up to do this, right? And so, the closer that the festival got, everything was sold out. The more that he realized he was in over his head, like acts, like the um, musical acts started backing out. And um, it was just it just started to fall apart. And um, I think they said you could take a private plane ride into the island. And I think he sent like a 747, you know, with the fire, you know, not motto, the fire, what do they call it? The emblem, the slogan or whatever it is on the side of the 747 and all these idiot influencers. It was a bunch of influencers and really rich millennial kids. Like, all of them were coming, and they'd sunk all this money into it, right? And so, to make a long story short, um, when they got there, it was a bunch of those hurricane tents that were set up on this site that was just total garbage, like, no musical acts were coming. He tried to delay them a little bit by sending them to some bar, like the buses, but people kept coming, and they came, and it was all these hurricane tents left over from, like, a hurricane relief, right? <laughs> and it had rained, and so there were all these wet mattresses everywhere, and he was like, each man for himself, get a tent. You know, it was, it was terrible. It looked more like a cult, you know, when I saw videos and pictures of it. I was like, man, this is horrible. Right. And so he, he screwed all of these people out of all of the money because it was just this big disaster. Right. And you know, of course, Ja Rule was like, yeah, man, I got hustled too. I didn't know. Yeah, of course you didn't know, man. You know, what do you think would happen? He, he's not stupid. And, and what I thought was really cool about the Netflix one. I actually enjoyed the Hulu one better, but what I really liked about the Netflix one is the way that it started out. It wasn't the mass chaos. Like, you didn't know the whole story yet, but you could tell that it was going in that direction, right? And I like documentaries and TV shows that make me feel smart. (laughs) You know, like... You know, I I, like I'm some kind of businessman. I'm like, well, I see he's making poor business decisions and this is headed towards failure. You know, I like stuff where I can take the credit. I want the credit for being the detective, for 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 feeling like I'm some kind of business advisor. I like that feeling and But even though it's shot that way, and that's the way that you're supposed they're kind of directing your thoughts. Like, yeah, this guy's a douchebag. You know, I like to take the credit for, well, I'm the one that I could have told you that that would happen. You know, I totally couldn't. He was hustling millionaires out of millions of dollars. He was hustling people out of, you know, so much money. And, you know, but it made me feel good to, to be like, I saw it coming. I totally saw it coming, you know. And then I went over to the Hulu one, and that one was a little bit different. That one actually had interviews with Billy McDonald before he went to prison, right? Because he's in prison now. I think he got like six years um, for all this stuff. And uh, so this had actual interviews with him before he actually started his stint in prison. And uh, I noticed about him that he was wearing these real kind of hipster looking pants and they had zippers on the pocket. Like his pockets were zip shut, like the front pockets. And I was like, who would wear zippers on their pants? And then I thought, then it came to me. I was like, probably somebody that doesn't like being ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> but you totally need to watch it. It's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I highly recommend both of them. It's fire. It's F-Y-R-E. If you just go on Netflix, it's, I'm sure it'll show up And what everyone's watching. And you should be like everyone. But it's actually worth a watch. I just watched it ran, randomly. And then I was like fascinated. And it's totally, it's totally worth a watch. Both of them. Now... I say all that to say this. There are two terms that I heard when I was watching these documentaries that um, I've heard one of them before, but I have not heard the other one before. Um, influencers and FOMO, F-O-M-O. So I heard these two things, right? Now, the first one, influencers is like seriously what they do is they just post stuff they could be on YouTube, they could be on Instagram, they could be on Twitter, right? And there are people who hustle you and to to you to buy products that they're using and they're recommending. Companies pay these people to push their products for them, right? And pretty much what I've gathered, I've 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 watched some of them and checked them out and looked into them and influencers are kind of like millennials rock stars. That's what they're to, to millennials, these people, these influencers are kind of rock stars and celebrities to the this younger generation, right? And what they do is they kind of give you the illusion that their life is worth more than yours because they use this product or they wear these clothes or they travel and they're so hip and cool and it's just hella good and dope and lit and stuff. And I watched some of them. I did because I was like, hmm, influencers. Instagram influencers. I watched some of them, and I'm not swayed. They didn't sway me at all because I like my life a lot. I like the life that I live a lot. I like the clothes that I wear and the things that I do. I just do. I'm, I'm like, content. And I don't care... You know, what you think is hot, I don't know you, you know. It just doesn't make sense to me that these people are so influential in today's society. Because there wasn't anything like this when I was growing up. I guess the internet wasn't really going on like it is now. But it just didn't make sense to me that these people have so much pull on people. And what are you famous for? Well, I'm famous for being an influ- It's a famous influencer that's really rich. And I was like, What? I want to be an influencer. I totally do. I want to be a influencer. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start an Instagram and just tell you to buy stupid things that people tell me about. And you can give me money. And that's cool. And that's that. I'm glad that we got that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that they said was FOMO. Another term. And I never had heard of this. Now, I'd heard of influencers, but I never heard of FOMO. And I was like, what does that even mean? And it's a condition that people get, and it's called fear of missing out, right? Fear of missing out. And I was like, well, what is that? Missing out on what? You know? Life is not on your phone. And it's people that, when they're not on social media, they have this fear kind of overtake them, and they think that they're missing out on something. You know, like missing out on whatever's going on. In a world that's really not even real. And I was like. This is crazy. Yeah. That's insane. You know. And. Yeah. Life. Life doesn't happen on your phone. People. And. You know. The FOMO has to go for show. (laughs) That's what I say. That's what I say. How corny was that? I actually wrote that down. And it was funnier when I wrote it down. Because I guess I was reading about it. And I was probably tired and delirious. But. You know. The fact is that the influencers actually take advantage of people that have FOMO, and, you know, they use it to their advantage, you know, and they use it to make money, right? And so I just thought that that was kind of messed up. I think that you should have FOMO for Glenn Think Stuff. I mean, that's totally cool. If you have Fear of Missing Out, if you think that there, or if there's a new episode of Glenn Think Stuff that drops... As the new Glimfluencer, I'm just saying that it's okay, and I endorse your sickness of FOMO. If uh, if a new episode's dropping, you've not heard it yet. But before before I go any farther in my podcast today, I want to tell you about a podcast that I listen to by some younger dudes that I listen to to stay up on all the all the younger people lingo and stuff that. That younger people are into. Um, it's my friends, my dear friends over at the Plunge Podcast. These guys are the best. I've run their promo before. They're totally awesome. If you notice, I have a new logo for the Glenn Think Stuff Podcast because after I watched Fire, I heard all this talk, you know, and uh, about brands and all this stuff. And I've been thinking about changing my little logo for a while that's my brand, is a tiny little thumbnail. That's Glenn think stuff. And I was like, I've been thinking about changing it for a while because when I randomly started this podcast one day, I made that in, a, like, not long at all. Like, oh, let's just make some garbage thumbnail real quick. And I've just stuck with it all this time, and I've kind of been thinking about changing it. Well, Riley, over the plunge, actually hooked me up, and he's like, dude, I can help you. You know, if you want to, uh, if you want to change your logo and he sent me a couple things and said, let me know, you know, what, um, what you'd like to do. And here's, you know, some ideas and I like his ideas more than anything that I could come up with. So Riley, you're the man. This podcast is awesome. I love listening to the plunge. I was listening to the plunge earlier, um, this week and they had made their friend Davis, I think it was Davis, get up and do stand-up because he lost in their fantasy football league not long ago. And they recorded it, and it's great. It's great. It's inspired me. It really did to hear this kid get up and give stand-up. But they're they're awesome, awesome dudes, and you should check out their podcast. Here's their promo. <laughs> What's up guys? This is Hunter. And hey, this is Davis. And Riley. We're from the Plunge Podcast and Glenn likes stuff and we're stuff. This like mist of like, like gross heat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all I know is that it has like a musky smell to it. <laughs> you know, it's like, but... what? Is it we still talking about humidity? <laughs> <laughs> what <are we> <laughs> no, I no. We're talking about humidity, no, right? No, yeah, let him finish. No. He's, he's just about... Uh, he's, he's on the right track. So, basically, what I guess what humidity really is, is uh, it's like a big... Ah man, I'm gonna use an analogy. I okay. guess I guess it's like when you don't shower for a few days and it was really hot outside and you just start creating like this really gross like sweat wave. Is the word you're looking for way. yeah, but it's like your butt. <laughs> no, it's not sweat. I'm talking like odor? you have this like odor that like creates. It's a heat odor and mm-hmm. it like so it's like a fart. Yeah, it's like a big so it's, it's like a humidity is like a big giant farm. So <laughs> like, giant fart? Okay. Yeah, because it's like it's just you're, you're just covered in it. Well, you can't go anywhere and <laughs> we'll get out. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you on the podcast next week. Yeah. Be there. Glenn. So that's the plunge. Check them out. Leave them a review. Subscribe. Listen to them. They're very lit. And thank you, Riley. If you're listening, if it wasn't for you, I would still be very unlit. My brand would be very unlit. But now it is dope and lit and stuff like that. So, the last thing that I want to talk to you about today is kind of weird. It's kind of a strange topic, and I don't think that I've talked about it before. I have tweeted a picture of this lady before that I'm going to talk about, but I'm really fascinated with stuff around the turn of the century. That's my favorite true crime cases come from around that time because there's just some kind of mystery that is kind of goes around stuff from back then because there's not as many details about the people that lived back then because there wasn't, like, video and all this stuff. Everybody didn't have a phone recording and everything. Well, another thing that I kind of like is uh, sideshows. Like, sideshow, weird, uh, like kind of like freak show, like the American Horror Story freak show, like that kind of stuff. Like the HBO show Carnival, Carnival. I really love that show. That's a really good show that I think um, should have gone longer, but that's another story. So anyway, I've tweeted a picture of this lady before, and it's a lady named Myrtle Corbin, right? And let me tell you a little bit about what Myrtle Corbin's deal was, because it's really kind of fascinating. Um, Myrtle Corbin was born May twelfth, 1868 in Lincoln County, Tennessee by William, her parents were, by, by, like she's a book, <laughs> her parents were William H. Corbin and Nancy Corbin, right? And Myrtle Corbin was born a Gus. It's spelled D-I-P-Y-G-U-S, right? I don't know if that's Gus or dipigus dipygus. I'll just say it and you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't have the right pronunciation and I don't, I don't know how to say it, so... That's she. What it is is she had four legs, right? She had four legs. And um, what adipagus is, is you have two separate pelvises that are side by side, right? And she had two big legs on the outside. Like if you see a picture sitting in her dress, she'll have two big legs on the outside. One of them was like a club. She was clubfooted and it was kind of sideways. And then she had two little legs coming out in the middle, right? And so what I got from my limited research that I did, because it's just like, wow, that's weird. But I dug a little deeper. I was like, how does that work if she has two separate pelvises, right? Because I didn't know that until this week. And what it was is one of the big legs, like the outside big leg that she had on each side was actually paired with one of the little legs that was in the middle, right? So you had a big leg and a little leg going up to each separate pelvis, right? This is crazy. Just bear with me because this is just wild, right? The little legs I read were weak, they were weaker, and she really couldn't get around on her weaker legs, right? So, you know, as you can imagine, and as you know, there are not a lot of people who have this condition. And so when she was at the age of 13, she started her circuit performing in a sideshow with Barnum Circus, right? Like a like the sideshow for Barnum Circus. And, um, you know, since... Um, since she had left, you know, and I'm jumping, I'm jumping all over the place. I'm podcasting willy nilly. That's what I do. But when she ended up leaving, there have been attempts to fake, um, like have fake four legged women, you know, after she retired from, from performing. Um, but they weren't as popular as her cause she was actually the real deal. Right. And so she performed with them and at age 19 she actually got married to this guy James Clinton Bicknell. You know how I was just thinking about this this dude Bicknell Bicknell and I was like how just dude How intimidating would that be to ask out this lady that had four legs? Like this 19-year-old girl. I mean, they got married when she was 19. So, you know, he might have asked asked her out when she was, you know, 18 years old. And I was just like, how crazy is... What kind of stuff are you into, buddy? But, I mean, that's cool. There's somebody for everybody. (laughs) There's somebody for everybody. This is just a wild story, right? And so she married this dude when she was 19. Um... After they were married, she started having this pain in her left side, right? She started having this pain in her left side, so she went to the doctor. And when she went to the doctor, she found out that she was pregnant on her left side. Now, she had two pelvises. She was pregnant on her left side. So I'll just leave that up to you, you know, to figure out there were two sides. There were two different sides. <laughs> right. And so she was shocked when she found out that she was that she was pregnant um, on her on her left side. And I actually found a quote in an article that I was reading. And it said, I think you are mistaken. If it had been on my right side, I would come near believing it. And after further questioning, the doctor found from the patient's observation that her right genitals were almost invariably used for coitus. So she had this baby on her left side, but the baby-making stuff she usually did on her right side. So that is just an interesting side note. It's all very strange. (laughs) That's why I'm telling you about it today, because I found it very strange so she actually went on to have four children she had four children and um you know lived until may 30th 1928 now i didn't do the math how old is that she was born in 1868 so that would be she was 60 she was 60 years old when she died I think if my math is right, from 1868 to May 30th, 1928, that's 60 years, right? Right, Glenn, nobody's here to disagree with you, right? And so when she died, they actually, her husband, wanted concrete poured over the grave, right? Because he had had offers for people like physicians and just weird people. It said, I think the article said something about collectors, I think was the term they might have used, that wanted her body. And that is just kind of strange. And, you know, he had offers, so he said, you know, I don't want my wife dug up by anybody because she has four legs and people have offered me money for her corpse. So they poured concrete over her grave. And I read, um, in one article that the husband actually stayed at her grave and guarded it until the cement was dry. And then I read in another article that family members of hers did that. So I don't know which one, but you know, it must, there must be some kind of truth to it because I read it in two different places. But I just thought that that was crazy. And when you actually, if you Google Myrtle Corbin, right, if you Google her, you will see pictures um, of a more recent Dippy Gus, four-legged woman. I should just say four-legged woman and not just mispronounce something over and over again. I just like saying Dippy Gus, and I like saying Dippy Gus, Dippy Gus. But, uh, (laughs) But anyway, you can see a more recent four-legged woman um and she was actually a a kind of she was a pretty lady i'm not gonna lie she was a pretty lady um and the pictures that you see are from this lady's uh from this lady's wedding in 1994 and her name is ashley brazel brazel i think that's how you say her name ashley brazel And um, she had four legs. And she married this plumber named Wayne from... I think he was from Texas in 1994. And she tragically died on May 11th um, when she was attempting to ski. And she struck a tree. (laughs) That's not funny. That's not funny. Um, But if anything was funny that the way someone died that would probably be it a dipagus that was skiing that's really not funny what's funny is is that a four-legged woman skiing that is kind of funny but I mean it is tragic that she died and I hate that but she was skiing and she struck a tree and that is Ashley Brazel B-R-A-I-S-T L-E but, so, yeah, Google that stuff and check it out. It's unlike anything that I've ever seen before, and it's just kind of a strange... It's something strange to think about. So that's why you come to this podcast, and that's what I do here. And before I end today, I actually have some exciting news to share with you. Um, I was going through my email, and I actually... Every once in a while when I go through my email, just to make sure I don't miss anything, I'll go into my spam, right? And I'll go into my spam and I'll just scan over it because sometimes there's emails in my spam, you know, folder that I'm supposed to get, but they just accidentally go to my spam instead of to me. And I was, um, I was going through my spam today and I found this email from this guy, right? Right and it's a guy named Noble Abbott, right? Noble Abbott. And the title was Greetings from Mr. Noble. And I had to, you know, I wanted to see what this was about, you know, because I was like, well, he said greetings from Mr. Noble, so I should totally, you know, read what's going on with this. And it really has some exciting news in here. And I wanted, um, I really wanted my listeners to be the first ones to hear about this, I I kind of had to calm down a little bit after I read this. The first time I had to kind of pull myself together and compose myself because I was just like, you know, this is crazy. My life's about to change. But, you know, I calmed down enough to do this podcast and tell you about it. So I'm just going to read you the email because uh, so you can get the whole the whole story, right? It says, Greetings to you and your family. My name is Mr. Noble Abbott, the Director General with the bank, Africa Develop Bank, ADB, and it has some big word, Burkina Faso in West Africa. I am contacting you to seek our honesty and sincere cooperation in confidential manner to transfer the sum of 10.5. And that has like in parentheses $10,500,000 to your existing or new bank account. Right? This is crazy, people. I'm telling you. This money belongs to one of our bank clients. That's really what it says. This money belongs to one of our bank clients, a Libyan oil exporter who was working with the former Libyan government. I learned... I learned that he was killed by the Revolutionary Forces since October 2011. Our bank is planning to transfer this entire fund into the government public treasury as unclaimed fund if nobody comes to claim the money from our bank after four years without account activities. It happened in 2011. So that would be 2015, right? Well, that kind of doesn't add up at all. But, I mean, who am I? I'm not. I mean, they're talking about giving me $10 million, right? We did not know each other before, but due to the fact that the deceased is a foreigner, the bank will welcome, let's see, the bank will welcome any claim from a foreigner without any suspect. That is why I decided to look for someone Whim I can trust to come and claim the fund from our bank. So this is awesome, y'all. Just listen. I will endorse your name in the deceased client file here in my office which will indicate to the deceased is your legal joint account business partner or family member next of kin to the deceased and officially the bank will transfer the fund to your bank account within seven working days in accordance to our banking inheritance rules and fund claim regulations. I will share 40 percent for you and 60 percent for me After the fund is transferred to your bank account, we need to act fast. So this is going to happen fast, people. To complete this transaction within seven days, I will come to your country to collect my share after the fund is transferred to your bank account in your country. I hope that you will not disappoint me after the fund is transferred to your bank account in your country. No, dude, I totally got you, Noble. I totally got you. You can trust me. Please, I want you to send me your private phone number so that I can call you to discuss more details on how we can proceed on this project. Waiting for your urgent response today, yours sincerely. So, isn't that exciting? That is so, I mean, I've been a good person for the most part. It's finally starting to come back to me. I'm really excited. I just wanted to tell you about it because uh I won't change, I'll keep doing my, this podcast, but how much are how much are they talking about here? Ten million ten million five hundred thousand, so I get forty percent of that, right, so I'm gonna get like four million four and a quarter million I'm gonna get out of this deal, right? Is that right? I'm gonna get something like that, like four mils, dog, that's what I'm gonna get this ain't Billy McDonald, this is legit, it's legit from my spam folder. And so, you know, i got to end the podcast. I'm sorry I have to go. I have to get my um, bank account information together to call this guy and just go ahead and give him that so we can go ahead and get the ball rolling with all this. But before I do that, I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast today. Uh, It really means a lot that you took time out of your day to check out the Glenn Things Stuff podcast. I hope you like the new brand if you do like the new brand, let me know. Tell me, Glenn, I like it, or if you want me to change it because I don't want to change it to something that doesn't pop and catch your eye. But I like the new logo. I think that it's cool. It doesn't have my face on it, and that's definitely a plus. But if you enjoyed this podcast today, you can go over to iTunes and leave me a review, any kind of review. You can tell me how awesome it is and that how can I live without you. I need to end it now or you can tell me that it's not really good either way it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I appreciate it It makes me feel good if you want to hear me talk about anything in particular you can head over to your email and send me an email glennthinksstuff at yahoo.com glennthinksstuff at yahoo.com and uh you can say, what What do you think about this topic? And I'll ponder it, and I'll tell you on a podcast what I think about it, and I'll give you a shout-out, you know, unless you don't want one. I don't want people to know I listen to this stuff. But that would be totally awesome. If you want to follow me, I have a Twitter account. Uh, at Glenn think Stuff is my handle. You can follow me on Twitter and you will know all the, you know, all the new Glenn Fluence thoughts and products and stuff like that. I need to get on Instagram. I need to get on Instagram because I think a lot of influencers are on Instagram. And so I need to get on there and just start my my Fluence takeover and taking all of them down and then making a bunch of stupid stuff popular. That's the plan, but I love y'all. Thank y'all for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Peace out.